You're listening to the voice of the future, fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the conservative crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in. Plenty of news to get to today. Check the show notes to see everything before we begin because I don't have time to go over it. I'll I'll use half my segment to talk about everything here. But it was a big, big news day across America last night and yesterday. There is a house, the house, we're just going to hop right into it. The house is moving towards an assault weapons ban. The house will probably pass this with a pure partisan vote, probably a couple of Democrats voting with the Republicans. But Speaker Nancy Pelosi said Wednesday that House Democrats will soon consider legislation banning military-style assault weapons, marking the most aggressive response from Congress to date following last week's shooting massacre at a Texas elementary school. There was also another shooting last night in a hospital in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We don't have anything about that today. We'll probably talk about that on, oh, it'll be Monday because we don't have a podcast tomorrow. Just a little bit of a programming note. I will be out of the studio tomorrow. House Democrat leaders have already scheduled a vote next week on so-called red flag legislation designed to keep weapons from potentially violent people. And the House Judiciary Committee is meeting in an emergency session on Thursday to mark up a slate of eight additional anti-gun violence bills, introducing, including proposals to ban high-capacity magazines and raise raise the age for purchasing certain semi-automatic rifles. Speaking at an anti-gun protest event in her hometown of San Francisco, Pelosi added to that list on Wednesday, saying House Democrats will also be considering legislation designed to better warn the public of an active shooter situation. It's unclear what specific piece of legislation Pelosi was referring to. One prominent proposal sponsored by Representative David uh, Cicilline, I think is how you pronounce that, from Rhode Island, would a Democrat would promote the sale, transfer, import, and manufacturer prohibit, I'm sorry, of 205 models of semi-automatic rifles, which are named in the bill. It would not ban those gun owners who already possess those firearms from using them. I want to source a tweet from, from a friend of the show, my first, second guest, first video guest, and probably one of the most successful episodes so far in the in the show's history, We outlawed alcohol. How'd that go? We outlawed prostitution. How'd that go? I mean, look look at the the generosity across the world right now. We outlawed drugs. How's that going? Murder's against the law. Murder still happens. And the left's answer to mass shootings is to outlaw firearms. That's that. That's the take of the of the left wing is we need to just ban all firearms, right? And, and that's a big shout out to Mark Paquita. Thank you for posting that. That was that summarized everything I wanted to say pretty clearly, right? But we we look at that. We we see their plans to ban firearms. Since when do criminals follow the law? I will give it to the left. I will say that some criminals have purchased their firearms legally. That is true. Very few criminals do, but some of them have purchased their firearms legally. That doesn't mean they use them legally. That doesn't mean what they do with them is legal. And taking firearms away 
from good people with guns, and I'm going to use that talking point, from good people with guns will not stop the bad people from guns, with guns, from doing what they want to do, or taking, yeah, taking them away from the good people will not stop what the bad people are going to do. It's actually quite the opposite. Taking them away from the good people will only cause more of what the bad people want to do. And we do have a story later in the episode in our Ohio segment about a bill that passed last night in the Ohio Senate and goes to the desk of Governor Mike DeWine today. And I'm very excited to tell you all about that bill later in the episode. But if you are a gun owner in America right now, specifically a gun owner that's living in a blue district, because I I think the majority of Republicans, maybe not on the red flag issue, but on the overall on the overall ban on assault weapons. I think most Republicans will stand strong with that. Let me find the Congress switchboard number. I don't want to advocate and tell you what to do. But there's a problem when when, when this can pass. So, um, House switchboard number. I meant to find this really quick. House switchboard. Are, are there not, is there not a switchboard number? Okay, I guess not every office has their own phone number. So until you are, until I can find the switchboard number, go to house.gov slash representatives on your computer. House.gov slash representatives. Find your representative by your state. I'm going to click on O. I'm going to find my congressman, Mike Carey, and his phone number is 202 225-2015. That is 202-225-2015. So if you live in Ohio's 15th congressional district, that is his phone number. Some Democrats from the state of Ohio, including Joyce Beatty, 202-225-4324. For Joyce Beatty. Beatty. Uh, Marcy Kapoor, 202-225-4146. That is 202-225-4146. Chantel Brown is 202-225-7032. 7032 is the last four of hers. Tim Ryan is 5261 for the last couple of his. And Anthony Con- Anthony Gonzalez, the Rhino, 3876. So if any of those are your districts in the state of Ohio, call, 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 make your voice heard. No, no red flag laws. They don't do anything properly. I mean... New York has red flag laws, right? The Buffalo shooter should have triggered, no pun intended, that's actually an inappropriate use of words, but the the Buffalo shooter should have triggered their red flag laws, should have been detected on their red flag laws. Maybe this person is a little dangerous. Maybe this person shouldn't have a firearm based on our red flag laws, but he got the firearm anyway legally. Red flag laws won't stop anything from happening. There, There is no evidence leaning towards red flag laws helping anything. And so call your congressman, call your senator. There is a Senate switchboard where you can just call, say your state, and I think it'll direct you to your Cong- or your senator. Maybe there's not. I'm I'm I really don't know. <laughs> I've I've heard this before. Here it is. 202-224-3121. If you are going to call the Senate to say vote no on Red flag laws, vote no on assault weapons ban, vote no on taking our guns and prohibiting our right to keep and bear arms. 
That is 202-224-3121 here on the Red Future Radio Network. Because, and people say that commentators should not give people direction, should not give people action. They should say what they think and let people make their minds up for themselves. And I'm not telling you you have to call your senator. I'm not telling you you have to think the same way I do. What I'm saying is the issues that we are talking about here on the show right now are so important, are so consequential for our future, are so consequential for our right to bear arms, so consequential to the freedom we have in America. The founding of this country, what they're, what they're advocating for is going against the founding of this country. There's a reason the Second Amendment to the Constitution protects the right of the first. And if we take away the second, the first is next to go. People say commentators shouldn't get involved, shouldn't tell their listeners to do certain things. If there's a bill passing through the Senate that will ban firearms, that will ban your right to do what you want to do, ban your right to carry, whatever, I'm going to advocate for you to call your senator. I'm going to advocate for you to call your congressman. And if there's a bill passing to the state house in your local state that I find and I follow, I'm going to advocate for you to call or send a letter to your representative in your state house district and your state senate district. Because my future, and I, I don't like saying my future because it's America's future. But I feel like it's more personable, it's easier to understand when, when you're in my perspective. It, my future as a 15-year-old, almost 16 in five days, conservative commentator. My my future is at stake if we if firearms are taken, if the right to keep and bear arms isn't protected, if the right to free speech isn't protected, if the right to if the right to freedom isn't protected. And it's not it's not a, a government given right, it's a God given right. But our government doesn't seem to understand that. And I'm gonna advocate for you to to call your senator, to get involved when there are bills being passed, when there's legislation being passed that will risk our future, America's future, my future, my 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 friends over at Red Future Radio's future. I'm going to advocate and I'm going to give you phone numbers and I'm going to give you email addresses and I'm going to give you websites to make your voice heard because if you're listening to this show, you're not a liberal. You're, you're not a leftist. And if you are, please call into the show, gopjosh.com slash show to find the voicemail. Please call into the show, even if you're a right-wing listener. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your perspective on things. But if you're a leftist, some, some, for some reason, listening to the conservative crusader, I guess you didn't read the title very, very thoroughly, then please call in. But if you're a right-winger listening to the show, like 99% of you probably are, call the numbers I gave you before. Rewind the podcast. Call the, listener, call the numbers I gave you before and make your voice heard because it is essential. What else is essential is having a government that is capable of doing their job, capable of making, capable of making America livable, where you can afford things, you can find things on the shelves. Gas isn't $5 a gallon across the nation average. And Biden says there's nothing he can do to bring down gas or food prices in the near term. We're going to get to that right right before or right after this little message telling you about my social media. If you are listening to this podcast and you do not already follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram. Those are my new my two main platforms right now. Those platforms are at GOP Josh 20. 
on Instagram and on Twitter. If you are following me on Gab, Getter, Parlor, Telegram, and Truth, I thank you for that. If not, at GOP Josh on those platforms, GOPJosh.com and RedFutureRadio.com. So there's nothing Biden can do to bring down gas or food prices in the near term. He acknowledged this yesterday. Um, This is from CNN Politics. So when CNN is reporting on something bad Biden is doing, you know it's terrible. You, You know when they're going against the grain of the Biden administration, you know it's bad. President Joe Biden said Wednesday there is little he can do to lower the cost of gasoline or food in the immediate future, in the immediate term, in acknowledgement that prices for those goods will remain high as he works to bring down other costs incurred by families. Quote, there's a lot going on right now, but the idea we're going to be able to click a switch, bring down the cost of gasoline is not not likely in the near term, nor is it with regard to food, Biden said at the White House, where he is holding an event on the infant formula shortage. Biden and his team are seeking to place heavy emphasis on the economy in the coming weeks as the president looks to demonstrate his commitment to uh, reigning in inflation, even as he says there is not much he can do. The president has tasked his aides with improving the administration's messaging, as he watches his his approval ratings sink. So I know that that, that Biden is one man. There's only so much he can do, but he has some of the highest paid advisors in the nation on his staff. He has access to any American in the Fruited Plain, with the knowledge to help get these prices down. And he doesn't exercise his abilities as president to get these people on his team, to get these people on his staff. They're focused more on the economy. To reigning in inflation. Which is important, but gas is rising, is rising higher than inflation. The prices on the, on the store shelves are higher than inflation. Buying something that took $100 one week and $200 the next week is higher than inflation. And that's not the economy. That's Biden. That's his policy. That's his anti-energy, anti-American, anti-American exceptionalism, anti-American providing. I, I don't know the proper term here. Those are his policies. Those are his decisions. It's up to him to fix it. And if he admits right now that he won't be able to fix the problem, it's time that partisanship is put aside. And I'm not going to call for his impeachment. But I am going to say there needs to be a bipartisan investigation in Congress to find out why he can't. And if he can't, move forward with options that can save this country. What, what is the AAA gas average right now? Let's see here on the AAA nationwide gas average. $4.71.5 as of June 2nd, 2022 today. In some places, it's as high as $7 a gallon. Not average, but about $6 a gallon, like in California. The lowest state with an average is a state, I think it's Georgia, with $4.19. Last week, it was 11 cents cheaper a gallon. A year ago, it was over $1.70 cheaper a gallon. 
This is a direct attack on energy independence in America. Intentionally caused to make it harder to survive as an American citizen in the United States by the Biden administration when we have to do something about it. I don't know what, but we have to do something to stop these anti-American policies from degrading our country even more. Be right back after this. This is the Conservative Crusader on the Red Feature Radio Network. My name is GOP Josh. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader, the most pro-America show on your radio dial. Well, at least I hope it is. And there's a poll that came out from Breitbart, which Breitbart is a right-wing paper, and I'll admit that. And we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But I want you to go to gopjosh.com right now, gopjosh.com. And let me check this other URL to make sure it's correct before we go on with that. Go to gopjosh.substack.com. That is gopjosh.substack.com. Put in your email address and subscribe to our newsletter in case we get deplatformed. We will have access to that. We will not sell your data. And we will not provide it to, to random people. We will use that just to stay in communication if we get deplatformed, if we get taken off the air, if we get taken off of social media. That's what that's for. It would be greatly appreciated. And, and we'll send you the occasional email just saying, hey, this is GOP Josh. Thanks for subscribing. Um, today's podcast is about this, 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 and this. If you'd like to listen, here's the link. We won't spam you. We won't go berserk with your email address. We promise. So a poll, actually, it's not a Breitbart poll. It's a, pro, uh, it's a poll from Harvard Harris. Most Americans believe children should not be able to choose their own preferred pronoun that does not align with their biological sex, according to new polling. A late May Harvard-Harris poll found that 59% of Americans believe children should be called the pronoun that aligns with their biological sex, and 60% believe preferred pronouns are an excessive measure that does more to confuse kids about their sex. Conversely, 41% of Americans believe kids should be able to pick their pronoun, and 40% believe calling children by those pronouns prevents discrimination. That's the wrong button. I keep pressing the wrong button. Prevents discrimination. There we go. That's more right. That, 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 that's accurate there. So, so we see this story, and, and this takes me back to a, a forum I watched last night from the, the Columbus Metropolitan Group, which is the – it's a richy rich society where they, where they talk about politics occasionally. They have debates. But you have to, to be someone or you have to know someone that is someone. To, to be invited to one of these forums, to be invited to this society, for lack of a better term. It, but I watched it last night on their stream. I, I wasn't invited. Bruce Hooley is a radio host in Columbus who posted it because he was on the forum about House Bill 616 in Ohio. And I don't want to really talk about the forum in its entirety, but I do want to mention something. That this bill... And it kind of ties into this. 
wouldn't prevent what 60% of Americans disagree with from happening. 60% of Americans, according to this poll, or sorry, 59%, believe that children should be called the pronoun in their lives with their biological sex. This bill would not prevent that or not cause that to happen. Teachers would still be able to ask, what's your name and what's your pronouns? To a kindergartner, a first grader, a second grader, or a third grader. And so when the left goes on attack on the Columbus Dispatch, and the left goes on attack on the the plane dealer, or whatever the Cleveland paper is called, this this is the the, the true facts of the, of the bill, and I don't want to turn this to the Ohio segment already. That that's the next segment of the show. But we we look at this, and we see that sixty percent of Americans agree with us, the right believe that children shouldn't be able to to identify as Zer as as what however you pronounce them whatever pronouns they want to use if they want to identify as a cat that shouldn't be allowed but the bill the don't say gay bill as the left likes to call it and I'm not going to call it that one more time this bill only pro- prohibits teaching kindergartners through third graders about sexual education in regards to sexual orientation, which is gay, trans, bisexual, whatever else you want to call it. And this, this, this is an attack on our kids that, that 40% or 30 or 41% of adults believe that children should be able to pick their pronoun, right? That's the minority. And we're not doing anything about it. Republicans across the country need to propose a bill right now. Every single one need to co-sponsor a bill across the nation and federally saying that teachers cannot make students uncomfortable by asking them their preferred pronouns. By asking them if they identify as a he or a she when you have access to their birth certificate on on the school records. That, That shouldn't be hard to find out. But I just wanted to mention that poll really quick. We are not in the minority yet. Um, 60% or 59% of Americans agree with us, agree that children shouldn't be able to choose their pronoun. Children aren't capable of that, especially kids in kindergarten through third grade. And that's why I back the bill, House Bill 616 in Ohio, and I hope that they pass that bill very, very soon. I just wish the co-sponsors or the sponsors... Uh, Gene Schmidt and Mike Loichik would go on the record, would go on air, would would go with interviews. And that that would be even better. This is something I've never talked about before is pop culture. And I don't think I have. And I'm going to mention it because it's it's kind of interesting to, to tie into the Me Too movement with what happened yesterday in the courthouse in Virginia. But I'm going to start this with one big thing. There are a thousand more important trials going on than this one. The Glenn Maxwell trial that was swept under the rug needs to be more promoted than this trial. If Paul Pelosi has to go to jail for his DUI charge, you probably thought I was going to mention that. You you probably thought that wasn't going to be mentioned today. You probably thought I forgot. If Paul Pelosi goes to to trial for his DUI charge, that needs to be promoted just as heavily as this. And don't act like me talking about it here on the show is because it's popular is is making me take my attention away from the most important issues. I didn't watch this trial. 
I, I watched some of the clips that promoted on my Instagram on my Facebook feeds. As everyone does, I think everyone saw at least a clip of the show uh, of this trial with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. But it's not my main attention point, and it shouldn't be yours. the 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 liable trial of celebrities is is significantly less important than what's going on in your government every day. Maybe less entertaining what goes on in your government, maybe less entertaining, but it's significantly more important for the, for your average American. Yeah, it's cool. Johnny Depp basically struck down the Me Too movement with one little swipe. But it shouldn't be the, the number one important thing going on in, Amer- in America right now. So so when these trials come out with Nancy Pelosi, the Sussman trial, these need to be paid attention to even more than this trial. But this one was televised, so obviously it had more attention. So on Wednesday yesterday, a jury ruled in favor of Johnny Depp in his libel lawsuit against ex-wife Amber Heard vindicating his stance that Heard fabricated claims that she abused, she was abused by Depp before and during their brief marriage. The jury also found in favor of Heard, who said she was defamed by Depp's lawyer when he called her allegation, her abuse allegations a hoax. I think that was just to prevent jury, jury um, mistrial, her claiming a mistrial if she was found, if she was in the majority in one of the decisions as well. As far as I'm aware... Um, Virginia juries have to be an absolute majority. It has to be a unanimous decision before they can say they're not in a hung jury. So that means every juror found in favor of Johnny Depp and every juror found in favor of Amber Heard on the counter sue. Jury members found Depp should be awarded $15 million in damages while Heard should receive $2 million. This verdict brings an end to a televised trial that Depp had hoped would bring would re- help restore his reputation. It would turn into a spectacle of a vicious marriage. Fans overwhelmingly on Depp's side lined up overnight to grab a seat in the courtroom. Spectators who couldn't get lined up on the street cheered De- er, lined up on the street to cheer Depp and jeered her heard whenever either appeared outside. So if you don't know what this trial was, Johnny Depp was accused of abusing his ex-wife, who is an Aquaman. I don't know anything else about her. She has like $2.5 million net worth. She's not going to be able to pay the $15 million. Anyway, that's all, that's all I know really for, about her. But she accused Johnny Depp of abusing her. You know, she claimed that she had to have a bruise kit. She she inappropriately said bruised kit, but she had a makeup palette to cover up her bruises. Um, he he just abused her, and that's why they had the divorce, etc. That 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 was the the take. That was her take. That was her her motive, so to speak. Right. That that's what she said. And Johnny Depp said, "Yeah, but none none of that was true." And she wrote this in a Washington Post op-ed that was published that defamed Johnny Depp, that defamed his name, that defamed his character, that caused him roles, cost him his jo- part of his job because of this trial, because of false accusations, just like President Trump has had, is, is false accusations. Johnny Depp single-handedly ended the Me Too movement yesterday. Well, well, the jury helped, but Johnny Depp single-handedly ended the Believe All Women narrative yesterday because what she said just wasn't true. She wanted the attention. She wanted to hurt Johnny Depp. Single-handedly just wiped it out, just got rid of it all in terms of the Me Too movement, and, and for good reason. 
The Me Too movement is a joke. The Me Too movement has never succeeded in anything they've tried to do. So I, I congratulate Johnny Depp. I, I don't know anything about him. I've seen one movie he's been in that I know of, and that was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But I do applaud him for this. I do applaud him for taking down Me Too. And we are going to move on. We have four articles about Ohio today. Four major things going on in Ohio, like I mentioned before. But we are going to go to our Ohio dedicated segment here in just a moment. Here on the Conservative Crusader, let me give you a little bit of an overview on what happened in Ohio. A bill to make it easier to arm teachers in the Ohio Senate in Ohio passed the Ohio Senate and it is being it is sitting on Governor Mike DeWine's desk as we speak. Ohio lawmakers debate a proposed don't say gay bill, the bill I mentioned earlier in the preferred pronoun segments. And there are two polls about the two major races in Ohio, the Senate race and the governor race between Mike DeWine, Nan Whaley, and Neil Peterson, and between J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan. We'll be right back after this here on The Conservative Crusader. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is The Conservative Crusader. Thank you for joining me in this Ohio-centric segment. Got some new music here. I don't, I don't know if I like it yet or not. We'll have to, we'll have to see what y'all think. Email me, josh at gopjosh.com with anything you want me to talk about. Any questions for me, anything like that. Or you can send them in via your voice just by going to gopjosh.com slash show. And you can click on the voicemail button over there and send me a voicemail over. But now let's move forward. A bill to make it easier to harm teachers in Ohio passes through the Ohio Senate. Using the applause button one more time. Ohio teachers would need less than a day of training before carrying a gun to school rather than the currently required month. If the House agrees with the Senate changes with Senate changes to a bill it passed Wednesday. So, so this is inaccurate that that first part there is inaccurate it would be exactly 24 hours of initial training so that's probably two three days worth of training currently they need more than 700 hours of training which discourages any sort of carrying discourages any sort of school safety when you need 700 hours of training in order to carry a firearm into the building House Bill 99 which passed the house nearly six months ago would eliminate the need for teachers to pass a state peace officers training course like I said, which includes more than 700 hours of instruction. Instead, they would only need to complete 24 initial hours of training along with four recurring hours of training established by the Attorney General. School districts could require more training. Staff members would also be required to meet certain range requirements and school boards must notify the public notify the public if it elects to allow staff to be armed. The bill, which added more required training than the, Ohio, the House bill, and includes... $6 million for school safety passed on party line votes by Republicans in both the House and the Senate. Quote, the bill is completely permissive and allows local school boards to either approve or disapprove of carrying weapons in the schoolhouse, thus providing a, another tool in the toolbox, said Senator Frank uh, Hoagland in Mingo Junction. To me, safety is paramount. Everything else is a plan. 
Everything else is a plan and consideration. Our mission is, is to save lives. Ohio is taking ownership and the burden of assuring a safe education. A Democrat amendment to increase the training minimum to 152 hours was defeated. State Senator Cecil Thomas of Avondale called the 24 hours of training madness, despite the killing of 19 elementary students in Texas a week ago. So so the the left-wing talking point, which you're going to dispute here, is taking more guns into the school won't do anything. And I, I, I talk negative about some teachers here on the show quite a bit, actually. But from my experience in public school, my experience, I was in public school until eighth grade. Well, through eighth grade, and then we had COVID, and I've been homeschooled since. But my experience with those teachers who most of them really cared, they, they really cared about the students. I don't think they would have waited 40 minutes to go inside the building. I don't think they would have waited 40 minutes to stand back and and defend their students. I think a teacher in the building in the room with the gunman being able to pull a gun off her hip or off his hip and shoot the gunman before he was able to shoot the students would have saved 19 lives. The, the, the fact that we don't have this in place already, gun-free zones don't work. We defend our banks with guns. We defend our movie theaters, some of them with guns. I, I've, I've seen that. That was kind of weird. We defend our concerts with guns. We defend our politicians, our courthouses with guns. We defend our criminals with guns in the prison. Why can't we defend our students with guns? Why is there a double standard? So I applaud this bill. One of the very few times I'll, I'll applaud the Republican establishment. One of the very few times I will applaud the establishment in the state house. But this bill is crucial. It is expected to be signed by Mike DeWine later today. And I hope it is. Um, in the house, the bill was opposed by law enforcement, teacher and education groups and parental groups. The Buckeye Firearm Association and Ohio gun owners testified in favor Bob Sexton, Legislative Affairs Director at the Ohio Buckeye Association, said the bill protects students and gives school boards the right to make decisions. And I completely agree and I completely applaud with this. If you don't want to carry a gun, if you are a school board member listening to this podcast and you're like, well, Josh, I don't think I want students or teachers carrying guns in my classroom and I don't want them carrying guns in my school building, then say no. It's not like any teacher can, I have my 24 hours of training, I'm going to carry my firearm in now. I I have a feeling that schools in Columbus, schools in Cleveland, schools in Cincinnati, schools in Youngstown, schools in these left-wing Dayton bleep holes will not allow firearms in their building. But I think schools in rural parts of the state will. They'll, they'll be able to protect themselves a lot better than the Columbus City School Building will let them. The House uh, restores the right of school boards to make school safety plans that include armed staff. There is no reason for armed staff. And you know, why don't we pay teachers who are willing to carry a firearm? Why don't we pay them more? Why don't we give them a 3-5% increase? Why don't they have to take a test to make sure they're eligible to use that firearm? They know how to use a firearm safely. And then they get a pay increase, they get to protect their students, they get to exercise their Second Amendment right, 
It's that plain and that simple, in my opinion. And I applaud this bill. I hope it has passed with astounding margin. Or it, it did pass with astounding margins by the by the Republican supermajority. I hope it is signed into law by Governor Mike DeSwine. But you know, you never know. He he could go back on his word. Wouldn't it be the first time that the Rhino went back on his word? And we have more about Mike DeWine after this next story. The Ohio lawmakers debate a proposed don't say gay bill during their first hearing. Um, we're having some technical difficulties here with NBC4's website. <laughs> According to the bill's text, HB 616 would promote would prohibit schools from teaching about divisive or inherently racist concepts. And that is what the bill will do. Divisive or inherently racist, that includes sexual orientation bills or topics as well. And we talked about this earlier, but it, it's pretty much just a replica of the Don't Say Gay bill from Florida with, with a little bit added about critical race theory. And if the bill sponsors, if, if Gene Schmidt and Mike Loichik were to come on this show, they're both invited on the show to talk about this bill. It'd be 15 minutes long. It'd be a segment. It'd be the Ohio, the entire Ohio segment. They're both invited. Email me, josh at gopjosh.com. They're both invited. If they were to come on press, if they were to go on podcast, go on the news, go on papers, even write an opinion, su- submit an opinion column to the to, to the dispatch. Right? If they were to do that, their bill would pass and have the support of many, many Ohioans. The wording is similar to Florida's parental rights and education that Governor Ron DeSantis signed into law in late March sparking protests throughout the state and a governmental shutdown with Disney World, one of Florida's largest private employers. Uh, Loichik and Schmidt promote, introduced the bill in early April. Ohio HB 616 would also require any instruction for students between 4th and 12th grade about LGBTQ-related topics to be taught in an age-appropriate way. Why is that a problem to the left? Why is that a problem to the left? Why is it a problem that you have to teach sexuality in an age-appropriate way? Why is there a problem that you can't teach a third grader or a fourth grader the reason why men like to have, why some men like to have interactions with gay people or, or you know what I'm trying to say, with, with fellow men or a fellow women? Why is that bad? I, I didn't learn about the birds and the bees in fourth grade. And I sure don't want students to be learning about the birds and the bees in fourth grade with different sexualities being thrown into it. That's not age appropriate, but this bill, if this bill isn't passed, that'd be legal. That's legal in the state of Ohio. So I hope this bill is passed. I hope this bill is signed, and I hope that either Gene Schmidt or Mike Loichik will accept my invitation to join the show and talk about it. Because it is an important bill for people for, for people to know, for people to understand. But we are going to move on. I will link all the article if you want to read the whole thing about the, the bill. It is written from a left-wing perspective, as everything from NBC is. But you know. You know, you know. But I also do know that an independent may take down DeWine, may take down Nan Whaley, or will keep fighting and will at least try. Because a poll came out this morning. I, I need my congratulations backtrack. I need, I need my congratulations instrumental. Because this is, this is something I'm so excited about. 
because this poll, as released by the Columbus Dispatch, let's see if I can get this music working. It should work. Here we go. Governor Mike DeWine is in the lead by about a good 15 points over Nan Whaley. But there's something we haven't seen before, at least in modern Ohio politics, is that an independent is polling at 10% in this race. Independent Neil Peterson, who I've talked about on the show before, is a constitutional conservative independent Republican pastor from the Dayton area who saw how Nan Whaley governed her city and saw how Mike DeWine governed his state and realized that neither are qualified to run. Neither are qualified to serve as governor. Neither are qualified. And he's polling at 10%. 10 10.6%. And people say 10% is nothing to be proud of. Yes, it is in this instance. Because the odds, the chance that there could be an independent that come forward, that that wins, even just outperforms Nan Whaley in this race. That will be able to appeal to both sides because he doesn't have the partisan politics behind him. He's not a Republican. He's an independent constitutional conservative. The fact that he is polling in double digits in today's partisan world makes me confident for the future and makes me confident for this campaign. Makes me confident for for Neil Peterson. Send me in your questions for Neil Peterson because I'm having him on the show. It's going to happen. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. I'm actually recording it a week from today. So send me your questions. Josh at GOPjosh.com If you want me to play your voice on the air with Neil Peterson... Go to gopjosh.com slash show. Click on the voicemail button. Send them in to the program. But there is a chance. They're right here in this poll. That if the general election for governor were held today and the candidates were Democrat Nan Whaley, Republican Mike DeWine, or Independent Neil Peterson, for whom would you vote or toward whom would you lean at this time? 45.4% for Governor Mike DeWine with almost 50%. He won't be able to get 50%. Nan Whaley with 30%. 10% for Neil Peterson, 10.6%. And 13% undecided. With 0.8% leaning towards someone else who is... There there is no one else. Folks, we have a race. I'm so excited to follow this campaign. So excited to follow this this political battle between Mike DeWine, between Nan Whaley, and between independent Neil Peterson. We're going to move on to our last story of the day, a poll between J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan, as it is a very, very tight race. Because the Ohio Senate race will get interesting. The poll released by USA Today on the 31st of May. It said Vance has 41.6% of the support, with Ryan at 39.4%. The margin of error is 4.4%. It is a very, very close race. Extremely close, actually. Not nearly as... When you, when you don't have a neocon rhino, it's not going to be as close. 
And, well, J.D. Vance isn't is a neocon. A 2% difference between them with a 4.4% margin of error. This is going to be a race. In some days, I say, you know, Ohio is a great state, but it's just boring. It's just, it's slow. There's nothing to do. And then I'm in the middle of some of the greatest political battles in the country right here. Sitting in my de- at my desk in Central Ohio, hosting the show, puts me on the front lines of so many deep political battles in Ohio. Last year, we had the heated Ohio 15th Congressional District primary where Mike Carey came out on top, who I endorsed in that race before President Trump did, about three days before President Trump did in that race. We have this Senate primary that just wrapped up, and we have the Senate general that's in a 2% difference between the two of them. We have the Ohio gubernatorial primary that just wrapped up, and we have this Ohio gubernatorial general that's in full force. It's going to be a nice race to follow. It's going to be a, a... a very intriguing race, and I'm so excited. And I feel like J.D. Vance should be doing better than 2.2% with Trump's endorsement when Trump won the state by eight points. But Tim Ryan's ads are trying to paint him as a Trump Democrat. You know, there's the Romney Republicans, there's the Trump Democrats, and he's trying to paint himself as a moderate, a, and actually America first. He, he mentioned Americans first in one of his ads. He, he's trying to make himself into, into Trump of Ohio paint him as a Trumpier candidate because you have to be Trumpy to win. But we're going to be following these races. We're going to be so excited to follow it, not only with the Conservative Crusader, but also all of the shows on the Red Future Radio Network, the unapologetically constitutionally conservative show with Hayden Ferguson and the Samuel McGuire show with Samuel McGuire. We'll be following these Ohio races very closely, and I cannot wait to see more. And he'll, <clears throat> pardon me. They'll also be focusing a lot more on the state house, state senate, legislative districts as well. I know Sam said that's one of his priorities is the state legislature, so I can't wait to hear that as well. You know, I'm just I'm so excited. I, I'm I'm motivated. We are going to take back our state. We're going to take back our country. And it all starts right here in Ohio. So email me, Josh at GOPJosh.com. We'll be back Monday with a brand new, brand spanking new podcast with a conservative crusader on the Red Future Radio Network, gopjosh.com. I said gopjosh.com. And stay tuned. Have a great weekend, everyone. You're listening to the conservative crusader. 